first, I would like to thank everyone for coming here and for participating in this uh, small but uh, energetic spiritual community, Sangha. I also wanted to say that uh, the Buddha Hall fundraising will begin early next year, possibly around March, sometime after the month-long ango. And the other note that I've been, have been giving given here is uh, if you're making end-of-the-year contributions, if you do some of that, uh, we have architectural fees to take care of, electrical upgrade for the entire uh, temple, this building. Help us if you can with that. See, see if you can continue to help us. So ego algorithms. I have a few notes on it. Not that these aren't things that I might remember, but perhaps not. These are just very simple opinions. We just use we just we use a structure to protect the self-centeredness, to reify, reinforce and convince ourselves over and over and over that we're somebody going somewhere, making some making, making some successes and having some failures and sometimes blaming ourselves a little, but that's also ego. Not a fault for anything. If you think you are, you're confused. Perhaps even deluded, more than likely deluded. Conclusions, ideas, personal formulas or structures, algorithms, and phrase fillers. In other words, uh, like uh, um, um, this is one. Um, anytime you tune into these, eventually they'll drive you crazy just listening to not only to your own algorithm or your own uh, phrase filler algorithms, but also others. Some people are brilliant people and still say uh, 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 between every third sentence. It is about being aware of those, not about correcting them. Because if you try to correct them, you might succeed, but then that kind of energy tends to turn over, lay sideways, go back in the shadows and come out in another form. It has to be seen directly for it to completely let go. It will let go of its own. You don't have to do anything, but be aware of it. Ah is one. Phrase filler, know what I'm saying is another one. Right, 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 right. If you notice that some people will say, make a sentence and then say, right, ask a, a question at the end. And these people seem to be, might be you, might be me, seem to be very confident, but yet they're always asking for confirmation by saying, right? I bought a blue car instead of red car, and then I traded the red car back in for a green car because, of course, everybody knows that green is safer, right? Right? They don't really want you to respond. They, they just want to say that. When I say they, I mean me. I do this, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, I have a, a several that I'm sure you hear them. When I bring this up, you'll notice that I'm doing that. And it's not about correcting it. That's so important. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. It's, uh, <clears throat> how can I say it? You could help me with questions here. You don't have to start yet. Well, if you want to, then go ahead, right? Sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? There's another, what is it? Some of the other, well, now here, look. Well, now look. That's, people sometimes start out, you can tell that someone is, is going right from the receiving because they know they're talking to someone, they're going from the receiving of what is in front of them, who is in front of them, that there are, there's someone listening to what you're saying. And if you're not listen, you are not listening to what you're saying, then you will continue to reinforce these algorithms in very subtle ways that are, are very difficult to see. And they're also, if you do begin to see them, the, the temptation, the, the impulse is to just try to stop it or change it or be different or not do that, not have that feeling. Familiar? <laughs> We're all doing this, talking to our homes and then talking to our egos. When we are not really tuned into what we are producing, it is indicative that we are not really receiving either. We just talk away, filling up the space with our self-centeredness and greediness. Disagree with me. Show me, show me, or show me uh, how this is. I'm I'm having a misunderstanding here, right? Yes, 
<laughs> so this is something I say before I speak sometimes. So, so yeah, so there's certain people in my life who seem to need some kind of signal so they can start paying attention because otherwise they're it takes them a while to listen. So is that appropriate? <laughs> is it appropriate? Appropriate? Is it what? Appropriate. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what does he want to know? Yokoravayan was wondering if some phrase fillers at the beginning have, have a function. And if you're aware of them, is, is that still appropriate to use them or should we try not to use them? I think it's, if you want to try something, try to be aware of what's happening rather than trying to control or stop what's happening because there's so much energy that is that there are no off switches for. But, but there are. And if you push on that or try to make it stop because the ego mind thinks in some cases that we have some say-so there. We could just, if we could just stop that feeling of, we might have an intellectual understanding that that we're going in circles, or that we're um, that this is uh, we can see that this just isn't appropriate to do this. So we then we go in and think that it should stop, or we should stop, or get control of ourselves. And so, coming back to your question, I would say situational. There are times when it's completely appropriate and in line with receiving. We're in line with what, with what is being taught to just be aware of this amazing illusion that looks like other, looks like this and other people. It's an astonishing realization. And it won't, if you realize what this is, you won't necessarily know it. You won't know it as some kind of aha or conclusion that you can, well, now that I've got that, I'll just be all right from now on. That funny? Somewhat. I, I find myself ego reinforcing once I got rid of that habit. Well, good for you. Thank you for Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Andy Bowing. What is that energy behind the phrase fillers? Fear. And the fear is of open space. We we don't want that that feeling of not knowing or being weak or not being right on top of things all the time. So we might develop a phrase filler. More about it if you have it. Let's go there. That's all I have. Bowing. It seems like sometimes if I'm in a conversation, I might tell myself to try to receive, um, almost like a reminder to receive. And it feels like that can get in the way of actually receiving. Is there a way to have an attitude of receiving that's not just a, a brick wall? Yes. And it's one of the ways, I don't know if it's the only way, of course, how would I know if it's the only way? That'd be a quite uh, an intense uh, statement. But it looks like including things that are already here in the present moment that, that come without necessarily being supported by thoughts, like how this feels, how your clothing feels, how your hands feel when they come together, how the, the feelings that are connected with just movement of the body, and also how you're receiving that, you're receiving how the color, in this case, mostly black or flesh tone or whatever you want to call it, but also the sounds. What is that sound that I'm hearing? Air purifier. An air purifier. So I, I left what that was, what I was hearing for, what is it? So it's being... Not, not staying with maintaining, but returning to very simple things that are in the, and I use this uh, 
structure, not very much, but I could use it here, that are happening at the same time that you're endeavoring to receive what someone's saying, listening to someone. You can also receive everything else that is coming through the sense fields. There are five sense fields other than the mind, which is also, I talk about it quite often as a sense field, as receiving thoughts. You're actually receiving thoughts. We don't really create, when you realize what this is, you realize you don't create thoughts. The thoughts are just definitely risen. And they're extremely powerful. You think uh, uh, artificial, intel artificial intelligence is powerful. Consciousness, way, way beyond that, if there is such a thing as beyond. So keeping it very simple, what you're doing is appropriate, to use that word, and then just to bring, include other things at the same time. It's like widening your, your vision a little bit to include the texture, the color of the carpeting. At the same time, someone is saying something to you about their uh, broken air conditioner or the air conditioner that you broke because you let it fall off the shelf or something. More. Sometimes when I try that, it feels like everything goes fuzzy. There's a, a lack of crispness. That's it. That's awareness. If you're looking for crispness, this is ego. Anytime you anything arises and you're looking for something else or for that to be different than it is, this is the very nature of the of the conscious the part of consciousness that that goes into hiding in some way or stays back and is paranoid. More seems tied with this that. Um feels like my memory has gotten a lot worse since I started meditating. Um, no, you're just starting to remember how much you forgot. I'm not kidding. Why would I kid? Go ahead. It feels um, discouraging, like I'm going crazy sometimes. Is there any... Practically, it can get in the way of things sometimes. Yes. Forget something someone told me. It's, I don't know what to ask about it. Well, I'm, you say you feel like you're going crazy. I'm already crazy. I've never recovered from that. And don't need to. I, I don't know. I, I would appreciate any questions around what I just said. If you, if you have them, you know, that's fine too. It's already crazy, insane. Are more polarities? They're the same, and they're different. They're differentiated, but they're the same. Just like confusion and clarity, just like Buddha nature and or Buddha's ascension beings, not two different things. Is there something about meditation that is causing me to have a worse memory? I would say meditation, sitting meditation, is helping you to see more clearly about the way all of your thinking processes, your mind, your memory, your tendency to do this or that and move this way or that way or go into this opinion or that opinion or this structure or that structure. You're more aware that that is happening and you see more and more that there's not a solid being, that that being that thinks he, she, they are doing that needs reinforcement either by failure, failure, or success, success, or I don't know which way I'm going, or I'm confused. Trying to get rid of confusion is the very nature, second noble truth, wanting things to be different than they are. A willingness to blame some specific thing when actually the specific thing you're pointing at is not separate from an incredible, I use the term avalanche, that has been going on way before any of us were even born. Here it is again, showing up again in the form of living beings, uh, living beings at war, living beings at peace, living beings in uh, some kind of netherworld. More. Sir. <clears throat> and uh, brain's fillers function as pointing at something, particularly with an intention to so Steve, turn on the light bulb in somebody's head. Maybe. Somewhat. They actually start out being being very appropriate. And then they they kind of come apart as we begin to use them as some way to just blank out. 
you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Or, or write, right? Say something and then you'll write. You won't, you won't notice it when you first start to use it. If you're using it, being aware and you're conscious of it, it doesn't seem to be so helpful to help you turn away from, from observing what is arising in your mind stream or in the apparent mind stream of someone else through their language or through their body language and so on. It's when we start to shut down and use that as just kind of a hitching post so we don't have to be so aware. It's painful to be aware because life is suffering, as the Buddha said 2,500 years ago. That's quite often misunderstood. Like it's that's nihilism. That should go away or that shouldn't be there or that's a misunderstanding. Go ahead. When did you next? <laughs> Go ahead, Baoshan. When did you first start referring to yourself as crazy, Bowing? As soon as I realized I was. Baoshan Bowing. Um, you know, like years and years, decades ago. <clears throat> how is that helpful to refer to yourself as crazy, Bowing? It's when I say that, I'm just using a. Uh, the idea that you, you can't really basically understand what this is using logic or reason, or even though I, that's very interesting to me to hear when someone uses that, those structures to point to this or point to that, but to latch on to anything is insane because it is insane because it is, it is, it causes the ego mind to hyperventilate. Uh, it's a way of talking about just overdo something. And that's, it's crazy to think that you can continue to function this way uh, with the idea of like blaming someone is going to help you feel better is your feeling and not being responsible, not ego, but the consciousness, you have some kind of feeling or emotion, whether it's physical or mental, spiritual, psychological, whatever direction you want to go with it and think that someone else is causing that, that they are to blame for that. It's crazy. Uh, so are you saying that it is functioning as a sort of an ego release valve bowing what do you mean by that like it it takes the energy out of ego how so i don't know i'm asking i'm asking too (laughs) (laughs) it seems like it it takes the taking yourself too seriously then the wind and the energy away from that. Yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. If we notice a phrase filler or anything else that's covering up <clears throat> an energy like fear, you say don't fix it. You have to see it directly. How do we see an energy directly while we're covering it up? Just continue to look at it. Don't look for success so much as just look at it. And anytime you look or anytime you're on receive, whatever you're receiving uh, can change or shift or uh, make uh, different movement movements or energy or textures or so on. But uh, fundamentally, it's still uh, the same thing. So it's both different things showing up and the same thing. So we tend to try to find some kind of reference point there. We want it to stop doing that, or we want to add something to it. If you took the, the four uh, karmas of pacifying, enriching, magnetizing, and destroying, you could reverse those out and have them go the opposite direction. And we tend to do that right momentarily, right in the instance we're in. We will, we will try to just, we might be endeavoring to pacify and then just suddenly shift over to something else without deciding that or without making any decision about it. And that's kind of what's happening in the area that you seem to be asking about. There's no one has a say-so in there. Consciousness is doing that. It just looks like a person that can succeed or fail. And in the relative world, the mundane world, of course, so it's, the success and failure is just is a supercharged. With you need to get better. You need to improve or you need to stop doing this or start doing that. 
And then that is basically ignoring the fundamental nature of dependent origination, which is you, you can't figure this out. But if you see it, then you'll see that what you're looking at is not a bunch of parts all put together. It's just this. You can't, it's, it's so much just this that you can't even say it's it's one thing. You know, some teachers might say that we're all one. And I think that I don't know how helpful that is. It's it's such a strong concept. And what we're looking at in front of us is no, it's it's not. It's all over the place. Everywhere I look, I, as soon as I look at any one of you, I I know you. I sense your style, your personality, the way you the way you manipulate, the way you cover up, the way you work with your anger, the way you work with your passion, aggression, ignorance. I can't fix it. I can't fix this one either. And I'm not particularly trying to. Well, I guess I did try a little bit this morning to fix myself, didn't I? You don't know? Just thinking about something else. <laughs> go ahead. Mazuka Ben, does it cover up, alter, or change the energy it's trying to cover up? Say more. What do you want to know? I want to know if the energy is still there, just it's harder to see or I'm distracting myself or if it actually changes. Well, it will, the illusion of change is still there. The illusion is still there and you're still deluded by it. If you think you have some say-so or if you think you have no say-so, you take any position on any of it, this is uh, the illusion that we are deluded by into thinking that we can stop it, start it, or that someone's causing how we feel. And so that that is an illusion. There isn't anything to fix or change. Kind of leaves you hanging out to dry, doesn't it? Ondo. Ondo line. Um, it is awareness itself suffering. In other words, we have the ego suffering, but then like what Junchu was talking about, uh, the, the awareness that's... Awareness is just a... We're, we're taking an aspect of what we're calling consciousness, and and then if it's on in a particular area of some object arising in consciousness, then there's awareness of that object. So if we want it, or if we don't want it, or if, we try to, if we're trying to do anything with it, manipulate it, <clears throat> sometimes it's referred to as materialism. We want to get it to get larger, get smaller, get turn this color, that color, this shape, do this, do that. And the the the, uh, the failure of not being able to do that is suffering, not getting our way. Second noble truth, wanting things to be different, simply put. And you could go on and talk about that in so many with so many different uh, dynamics are going on. Go ahead. It seems like that's all ecocentric. Is there another level of, of suffering that is just there's you know just dependently originated that suffering shows up? Now, when you start receiving the suffering of everything, that's a different level of suffering. When when everything is suffer, when you are suffering everything, it's no longer your personal suffering. Nor is it different from that. This is why there's this is why there is the, what's called the bodhisattva. Path, the bodhisattva vow to be with all things, save all beings, put others' suffering and discomfort before your own. That's very, very hard to do. We have to start somewhere. That we start by not fighting with our own situation. And how do we do that? We have to really witness it and look at it and see that we're helpless in that area. Yeah. What is it about that failure that? Helps us see more clearly. It, because it starts to show up that that which is failing is unreal. That which that part of consciousness that is somebody that is that there's there's no substance there. But you won't know that unless you spent a lot of time watching how the consciousness produce this, produce that, reduce, pre-produce, run around in circles. You have to watch that for a while to see that that just is, is definitely risen. It's not even personal at all, though it can feel and look and smell and taste very, very personal. It's your, it's your fingertips. It's your mind stream that is really upset with this or that, maybe even enraged about it. We just have to receive it. 
heartbreaking to do that because we see that it's it's a spiritual path. It's a path of transcendence. It's not a path of having the right political party, though it can look like it very, very intensely. And I'm not saying we need to go to the mountaintop and nobody participates in society. No, it's the other way around. You need to participate right in the society we're in. Watch the news if you if you can. Speaking of Sanho. Go ahead, Sanho. Sanho Bowen. It seems to me that people who are not involved with an awareness practice are sometimes very uncomfortable when you're not engaging in the the socialized behaviors that are expected, these behavioral fillers. I wonder how do we work with their discomfort around our practice, Sanho Bowen? Well, it's, it would be very situational, but you would just receive as much as you can and ask them how they're doing. Ask them how they're working with it. They, they might mis, mistake your interest in that you're going to do what they say or side with their opinion or their feeling, but you can be curious about it. And in some area, in other words, you're, you're somewhat pacifying that, but you're you're receiving it rather than getting in, engaging in some kind of argument about it what's happening in the in the in the culture and the politics right now has been going on for centuries and centuries just showing up in different uniforms and different but it's the same kind of crazy insane energy that is trying to control other people control whole nations whole cultures by right and wrong right right and wrong should and shouldn't sacred and profane and just on and on and on so it would be a situation with you. So you're talking to someone, or you're interacting with someone that, that has no mind training. Uh, some people that have no mind training at all is, uh, are quite reasonable about and are quite uh, clear about what's going on and aren't bringing a lot of bringing a lot of aggression into that. But if someone is uh, is uh, being swamped by the polarity there, then about all you can do is listen there and about to listen to you so much, maybe a little bit. More about that, Sano? Receiving is good. Milka. Milka Bowing. In Chazan's talk, he brought up um, that you had mentioned gullibility. Yes. And if we're endeavoring to see what that is, is there suffering that shows up in that? What do you want to know? How does that take us, say, to an a undifferentiated or deeper, yes, wider level of seeing what, what's happening in a situation? So the, the way I was using gullibility is, is kind of, it might feel like that uh, in the ego mind. Uh, but I'm saying just give things the benefit of the doubt, even though they sound a little off or a little uh, not you're not you're not really lined up with what is even being said there so when I'm saying gullible it's uh, it's not exactly gullible I don't know if there's a word for it but other than receive receive what what is happening there without immediately coming up with our preconception our judgments just like I was reading the algorithms of ego without just immediately come up with that can't be true well, that because those are these people now; those people don't believe this, and that whole culture is against this or for that. We immediately go into all of the what, algorithms of what culture that, that just create a structure of right and wrong, up and down, back and forth. And some of those structures are very, very good. We like you shouldn't murder people because you don't like them. Or they you shouldn't uh, torture them. Like the whole thing, I think I just heard on the news where they. They still have not concluded that keeping someone from sleeping is a torture. Obviously, that's torture. But there's something there. I don't know where it was at. Someone that there's still a, some kind of assumption that that's not particularly harmful to people. Of course, unless it's happening to you. I don't know if you can live very long without sleep. Has anybody heard that? I don't know. More? Okay. Um, similar area along with phrase fillers. You were talking about phrase fillers of the speaker. When we 
are listening to someone and we immediately say something like, uh-huh, or right, or agree, affirm what's being said. Um, how does that cover up what's actually happening? I'd like to ask uh, Onyo to talk about that because she's mentioned when she first started coming to a book study, one of the uncomfortable, and I should have you talk about it, that you noticed that people might be studying a book and um, you might make a comment or someone may make a comment, you notice that people don't necessarily give a bobbing head to everything, everybody should give some kind of instant affirmation to any kind of statements. Could you say a little bit about that? It's, it's both wanting affirmation from after I've said something, but it's also wanting to give affirmation to endeavor to make someone, in my perception, feel more comfortable with or have been approved of what has been said, especially a new person in the group. Yes, people that join book study will notice that right away, that someone will look right at you in book study, and even though you've just said something, and they may not say something or not say something. I knew you were going to ask a question, Sanho. Go ahead. What is that when we look at someone and we don't validate them is that respect? I don't know. Say more. How would you say? Does it seem like that to you? This is where I'm being gullible here. To me, that seems like respect, not patting someone on the head. But well said. it sometimes makes them really uncomfortable when I don't pat them on the head. But that, that, that is revealing that they may not see it that that may not see it that way, but that is really is showing them if they're willing to receive it that they're they're counting on some kind of a reference point that is artificial, that is made up, that's invented, that is a parcalpita, an imaginary nature. At its one of its strongest positions is to get reinforcement from others. We do it in society. We're constantly reinforcing. This is why the sangha is so difficult. You know, a spiritual community where people are training their minds. You hopefully have a teacher that doesn't create more confusion for you and, a, and a, a teaching that is helpful. And we all get together. We all know that this is both engaging and we want to be involved in this kind of a dis discussion, but it's also can be very difficult to be, to be working with other people who are working with the material in a, in a way that just is uncomfortable or doesn't, Sometimes we listen to people talk who have a, a better um, are better able to work with really difficult uh, concept, conceptual structures, in, especially in the Buddhist teaching. And this is why I say uh, often to people, you, you need to study it. You don't have to understand it because everyone understands this differently. Not everyone is going to understand, let's say, really difficult teachings to be able to explain them to others so that everybody understands in the same way. Read Dogen for a while. For a couple of years and then how, how are you going to write a book about what dogan meant people do that further mark bowing uh you can die from lack of sleep i i just was far away from my computer i didn't tell you i you, you said what, what did you just say sir you can die from lack of sleep. That's what I yeah, thank you. I had heard that. It's rare. It's very rare. Uh, you wouldn't be comfortable. Harrison bowing. Harrison, go ahead. Um, some mind states like depression and anxiety are like debilitating and can prevent you from or prevent me from sort of engaging in daily life is there ever a place for transformation of emotions like Thich Nhat Hanh talks a lot about transforming energy after you like recognize that it's there. And then if there is a place for transformation, how do you know the time in which, or you can transform the energy from one to the other? So with respect to your question and with respect to Thich Nhat Hanh, I don't teach that way. I teach out of how this looks to me. That doesn't mean that, that you or anyone probably thousands of people, if I were counted up, uh, wouldn't get a lot of 
help or benefit from uh, using that idea of transforming uh, negative energy into positive, using that energy. After all, it's just energy. We all know that energy is energy. And sometimes it has a, a very uh, difficult, sharp edges to it. And sometimes it's very fluffy and soft, but it's energy. So to go into it intellectually and try to depersonalize it and make use of the energy, in other words, transform it into um, goodness, uh, is uh, I'm, I'm all for that, but I think it needs to happen on a deeper level where you don't even know about it. Because if you know about this, ego wants a credential. It wants credit. And it, it will, and it will once it gets credit, then it's easier for the ego to kind of uh, polish itself in such a way. It's like uh, the word that comes up, uh, the phrase that comes up, uh, came up a little while ago, like polishing a, polishing a, uh, is it a bubble? Uh, a, polishing a dewdrop, and yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, you, this this energy that I'm endeavoring to point out is like a dewdrop. It has has very little duration, but when it's there, it's it's eternal. And so, uh, not that. Tikhan has a different audience than this teacher, so, and so you may need to look at it that way as transformation. This is quite often talked about in tantra. I know I studied that for a while. Still study it. Still study everything. But transmuting energy from this into that—it's just you, we're still we're still tied into a very strong belief in right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, positive, negative, neutral, and all of those other situations, those are not different from each other. They just look like it. And that's part of the illusion we are deluded by. We want to go in and transmute, transform the illusion in the, the negative part of the illusion into a positive part. But you still have an illusion that you're deluded by. You think you've succeeded. You think you've gotten better. You think you're on the ninth boomy. You think you're enlightened. You think that you used to have all these negative feelings, but you know because you've transformed those, and then if you're really strong about this, if you are unlucky enough to be born into a with a mind stream that is able to clamp down on right, able to clamp down on finally I found it, able to clamp down on what? Spiritual materialism, as it was taught by Trungpa Rinpoche. And you, could, you could write books about it. You can teach others about it. You can start whole workshops on dream yoga. More, Harrison? Thank you. Harrison Bowing. Less, Harrison? <laughs> <laughs> More or less, Harrison? Wulong. You were just praying? Okay. Uh, uh, Nikki? Nikki, can you hear me? <laughs> yes, Nikki. I'm, first time here. <laughs> um, I've been doing a lot of, of work about the spirit is one, all spirits are one, and in the last few weeks, I've been having these experiences where I'll be in the middle of doing something, and I'll, I'll feel like all of a sudden, I'm sensing that I am part of these other people I'm watching, and that um, my spirit is their spirit, and uh, it's, it's, a it's a good feeling, but it's also a little bit unnerving because it, it takes me a little bit away from what I consider the human experience of being present in my life at this time. And I am finding it a little bit conflicting for me. So I wondered if you might have any insights probably not if you ask me a direct question nikki then i can respond i, I followed what you said and if you have a question about anything you said i can do that but i but i, I don't um this isn't an area where we can have a conversation particularly it has to be more of a call and response kind of thing it seems to work better for everyone including the teacher so if you have a specific question about that then i can respond to it I guess my question then might be, am I somewhat circumventing the experience I am here to have in the natural world by becoming so 
aware of the one in spirit. So a lot of assumptions uh, uh, in in the question, but uh, so the way it's the way you're setting up the question. The only thing I can say is, and I don't mean this to be sarcastic or rude or anything, is yes and no. If you set it up in such a way that some of that uh, gets a yes, then there's that other parts, those right around the corner there, kind of they're kind of hanging out there and talking to each other. That's a no. Was the first one a no? Or yes? Do you remember? Memory man? Which one was yes? Which one was no? First one was yes. What was the second one? See, <laughs> so what I'll say say to you, uh, you know, and I'm very biased here. I'm very, very biased. You have to train your mind, and uh, of course, I'm going to going 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 to go into that bias a little deeper by saying, and you need to do it by sitting still and just watching the craziness of the mind come and go without doing anything with it. Do not interfere with the mind stream based on thinking it is your mind and you need to somehow become more enlightened or more balanced or more or less crazy or less jealous or less angry or less, less, more, more, more. Don't do that. Sit down, hold still and just watch the charade, watch the parade, watch the Coney Island of mind. Page 159. Right. That's page 159 in uh, uh, Black Spring you know, by Henry Miller, published in what, 1932? Six. Huh? Six. 1936, I stand corrected. <laughs> Tony Island of the Mind. It's just a, it's entertaining, but it's pretty threatening, especially if you're four or five years old. In other words, if your mind is, if you have, if you've only had four or five years of mind training, it's going to be threatening. Train your mind. Train your, please, everyone, not just, not just Nikki, but everybody. Train, train your mind so you get your understanding from what you're looking at which might not live up to a standard of understanding you thought you were trying to get to. Buddhism won't help you in that way if you practice it. Uh, well, the way it looks to me, maybe there's a different, maybe perhaps Thich Nhat Hanh has a, you know, definitely has a different uh, group of students there, but different way of working with it. Kayan Boeing. And in the past, I've heard you say that negative emotion is already wisdom. Yes. Is is giving that negativity the benefit of the doubt a way of getting a little deeper with it, as you were suggesting to Harrison earlier, Bowing? I think it is. And going back to the word uh, gullible, it's just like be willing to be at the mercy. It's not going to hurt you. You're not going to jump off a cliff. Have a have a willingness to receive that energy. Somebody has to do it. Might as well be you. More, Kayun. Kayun Bowing. I had a question about something else. Okay. Earlier, you were describing how in the four karmas, one might switch into another in a way that was like uh, that. It was consciousness doing it, not not the intellectual faculty yes so when you say that consciousness is doing something what what is the engine behind its doing if it has no ontological status bowing has no status but it's it's not if it has any status at all it's the status of not being separate from anything so it's it's part of the word I use lately, as of late anyway, is a landslide. Dependent origination coming from the Peloponnesian Wars, five, what, two, five hundred, twenty five hundred years ago. Yeah, about around the time of the Buddha. That that is still here. That energy is still here. People are born and die, and born and die. But the energy of that negativity, that warfare, is still showing up in human form, and probably in the form of uh, muskrats. I don't know. So that that we we use that we we tighten it up and we talk about pa about uh, pacifying, you know, softening things up, pacifying, uh, enriching, uh, with with the intention of working with energy in such a way that we're not shutting it out, we're not disrespecting it, but we're going to work with it with respect 
So we may have to enrich some of that if we if our basic understanding is one of, as Trungpa Rinpoche used a, uh, a phrase, which is just uh, bodhicitta, which is basic goodness. In the midst of your worst nightmare, it is this, this is basic goodness. I, I don't know how to explain that other than say, don't give up. Continue to look at your own mind, your own mind stream, what arises in the mind without accepting it, without rejecting it, and without turning away from it. So be very, very respectful to what happens in your mind stream. And that way you will be able to see more deeply what's happening to all the people around you, the people in your community, your family, your country. You can see that people are suffering deeply. The ones sometimes that are suffering the most don't even have, any, have a clue. They are so good at covering it up. But the, the right trigger comes along and that whole whole volcano is going to explode. Perhaps, maybe not. Nothing, I'm not predicting anything. Go ahead. Can the algorithm persist without serving the ego? It may. It may continue. And you may, or I may, or any of us may continue to watch that come and go and come and go without interfering. And it's still that algorithm, just like, just like saying, uh, right, mm -hmm. right, 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 or you know what I'm saying. Little kinds of phrase fillers. So the, the ego is unreal. That doesn't mean it's going to go away. It, it can still, it still functions with dependent origination. It still could be part of your particular, uh, this body mind complex, your illusion. Is disassembling the algorithm just another function of ego or another way of? Just it's a performance, more than likely. You, if you see it, then, if you see it completely, then it just tends to dismantle itself. But it also may come storming back, storming back in the room at some point. And if you're, if you, if you, that's why it's so can't really accomplish something because you're, you're not, so you're not separate from anything. You're not separate from the worst incident happening that happened 20 minutes ago that we don't even know about. We are separated, fundamentally not separate. When that starts to show up, you're just one way of saying it, your heart just breaks. That individual feeling of, I can't do anything about this, can't save anything. Can't, uh, can't um, choke it out. You you quoted uh, Zigar Kantor and Pache. What was the quote that you had? Choke it out, darling. Um, a bodhisattva. Yeah. Someone who burns with love in a world that we cannot fix. Yes. Someone who burns with love in a world we cannot fix. That's a very relative statement about you know, ultimate understanding. Go ahead, Yuhan. You're next. I have a follow-up question about Harrison's asking. You're going to he... wait, wait, let's get permission from Harrison. Yes. Is that okay? Are you hung to do that? Of course. <laughs> yep. He said, sure. Okay, so you teach us uh, shikantaza. You keep saying just observing, just sitting. I do. And uh, one of your teachings, if I recall correctly, you said we are our own teachers, we're our own masters. My yep. question is, are we the the ones who know how and when to face, for example, difficulty? such as anxiety and stay with that difficulty and at the same time find resources to 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 look at this so if i can ask directly is that the teaching you your is that a teaching of we are our own teachers to know how and when to face or not face at the same time to help us. 
Sorry. So, as I understand your question, uh, my response is this: keep it on receive as much as you can. Don't 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 move away from the receiving receiving the teacher, receiving the teaching, receiving the community. Try to receive it as long and as much as you can, and don't make a decision to be your own teacher. That that will that will just show up. You'll just you'll just see that you have to do this yourself. But that doesn't mean you won't have spent a long time with a teacher. I, I was uh, before I started functioning like this, sitting on a ton and uh, presuming to tell anybody anything or respond to anyone's questions, was over thirty years of of seeing what the fundamental, what the function of a teacher actually is. Long time. So I would say, yes, uh, at some point you will be your own teacher, but at that point, if you want to call it a point, there, there's, there's no identity there. There's intense consciousness about everything. You're receiving everything all the time. You can't walk in a room without receiving, without being completely drenched by the emotion in the room, which is empty of a self and empty of an other. There's no self there. There's no being there. And there's no otherness there. But you have to see that. That's not a thought. It, I'm turning it into a thought so that I can say it to you. Uh, all of the teachings, not all of them maybe, but most of the teachings that we study here are talking about that from the works of Dogen Zenji to uh, all the, the Yogacara teachings, the works of uh, Vasubandhu, so on, other teachers, Trungpa Rinpoche. That's very helpful. Actually, I do have difficulty receiving even when I ask the questions. So awareness, that, that difficulty receiving, that's awareness. You don't have to correct that. Thank you. You just realize that you, you can't be, you have to be genuine. Uh, I recently had someone come this way all with all kinds of apparent devotion and caring and, you know, looks like this person is over the top going to do this. And then, uh, and then they got right to the point where they're ready to, you know, I'm ready to give them. And I have their name. I've just never given it to them. They just uh, changed. They can't do this anymore. And so was that wrong? No, they're doing exactly what they need to do. There's nothing to create. There's nothing to fix. Sometimes I look at that and I, I'm looking at the relative situation. I'm just as blind as anyone else. But I'm aware that I'm blind from the point of view of seeing deeply into anything. There's always a relative truth shouting at you or me or any of us. Don't do that. Oh, you can't do that. That can't be true. Well, this must be this way. It must be that way. No, it's a Coney Island of the mind. Enjoy yourself. So this person is, you. this person is gone. I would say, don't go, don't make a decision about it. Now, if, if say, that person did make a decision about it, that's still not nothing to correct because the dependent origination that is rising in each person's mind is so powerful. And I don't know what kind of karma that any one of you, I'm looking at anyone, I don't know what is up for you in terms of your karma. I would say, if you can stay, stay in this, in this, uh, this, the Buddha's algorithm, the teacher, the teaching, in the community don't start teaching yourself too soon be a student be unreceived how you know you're a the way you know you're a student is you don't understand and how do you know that you're awake you don't understand you're not separate so therefore you can't make a statement that you're awake if you do you better be pretty good at it almost poetic Totally poetic. Go ahead. I'll see that one. Um, if we see someone operating from deeply from ego, and it seems really clear to us, and then they don't see it, they're not recognizing their own karmic suffering. Yes. Our job is not to fix. There's nothing to fix. And also is simultaneously help save, right? And so I'm right. noticing the elves and rice. <laughs> and I'm wondering what 
is happening in my ego as I'm observing them and what my job is if it's not to do anything, but also to do something. So just receive as much as you can. And then when, when there's, when the particular production is either in line for you, however you want to say it, karmically or situationally, you won't be able to stop it. But if you put some tension there, sitting wall gazing will help you do that because that's what you're doing. You're training yourself to sit still, sit symmetrical and don't comment. Just receive whatever rises in, in any of the six sense fields, including the mind. We practice doing that. And then when we get in our everyday situations, then we notice more clearly how how crazy we are, how we're how uh, emotions that are starting to arise that we've been able to keep out or shut out through some kind of discursive thought or daydreaming, whatever. So don't do anything unless you have to. Being aware of someone's ego or a, a seemingly self-centered dynamic that's happening, we don't know what they're, we know what kind of suffering they're covering up with that ego structure. So that's where we need to be really respectful of someone's ego and so respectful, even though we're able to see there a lot of self-centeredness going on. Just be aware of it and, and don't do anything with it. Certainly don't. You're you're functioning as a therapist, so you're you're getting a different kind of permission permission from people. And I would assume most of the people, this is an assumption, that come to you are not meditators. And we don't necessarily have to try to get them to meditate, but just meet them where they're at, work with them in the circumstances, which you've already been trained to do that. Isn't that what you basically do? Are you doing out things outside of what your training helped you to do? A little bit. Need to talk to sent you. <laughs> More? Not yet. Sir. Dr. Bowen, what is the function of a teacher? Bowen? So it's been said classically the function of the teacher is to mirror back. Uh, aspects of your confusion and your um, difficulty uh, of things that you are deluded by and how that shows up can be the teacher could be deliberately saying something to you uh, and they and it could or it could appear they're doing that uh, they might not be even aware they're doing that so they're because they are not at war with anything anymore um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're at peace with anything. The positionality is gone. So if you're around someone like that who is who very difficult to explain because it's the, the, the teaching person is more like somebody who isn't there. And yet if they're with somebody who's there, then they're there too. They're right there with the same kind of monkey wrenches. They're, they're right there because they meet, they're meeting everything where it's at rather than with their own idea about how things should be. So that can be pretty stressful for a teacher. And it can also be extremely stressful for a student. That's why it's so necessary for the, the conventional word is to have some devotion, some dedication to this path. This is why we, this is why we, if you, any of you that were here for the, or, or um, for the um, three-year anniversary of the Order of Immediate Light, where we went back and uh, went through that ceremony again, uh, the, Karmapakshi material and uh, other material, chanting sutras, chanting, and doing prostrations, reaffirming that very simply, just reaffirming that because it's so easy for it to get scattered and go every direction and think there's a right and wrong that we need to stop this, start that, control this, control that. Did I get close? Um, Pasha, I'm bowing. You've talked about the student-teacher relationship before. So what's coming up now for me is how do we have a relationship with a mirror? How's that going for you now? Who's your teacher? You are. Well, you tell me. I'm bowing. It's, it's easier to have a relationship with you when I don't think of you as a teacher. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. So I, I teach a little bit different than either one of my teachers, my main teachers taught. You see what that is? No. You want me to help you with it? 
Thank you. I don't know. Do uh, you ever talk to O'Meara? Yes. Good idea. Can you say something about that? I'm asking Chiedan. Can you say anything about that? Nothing's showing up right now. Okay. All right. Anything else? I'll show. Is there, yeah. No, come no. On. I, I have some questions on YouTube here. Okay. YouTube. Um, Thomas in the UK says, it's my birthday tomorrow. Is it real? Of course. <laughs> Your birthday? What a question. <laughs> yeah, it's... I'm not sure what you're whether so you're joking with me or whether you're of course it has a it's relatively very very real so we have to be re respectful we're not trying to get rid of relative truth you know it's time to time to have a birthday cake just celebrate it have a good time enjoy yourself how old will you be nothing yet but I have another question okay goodbye you know, from Deb. Can memory loss be an ego trick to get us to stop sitting, like pain or itching? Um, anything can get us to stay away. The self-centered part of the consciousness, ego, or narcissism, or me, 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 and my stuff, my ideas, my opinions, my beliefs, my judgments, my my culture, about what I've always thought, all of that can find different ways of... It's, it's a relentless. Ego is relentless as long as you think you are someone separate being who can win or lose, live or die, then that's what will take over and run your life. And it might, as you're practicing, you might have to watch your life be run by crazy aspects of the mind. Watch the emotions come and go, clamping down, opening up, and watch the strategy of ego to try to get away from the cushion. I don't, can't do that. That's just, it's too much in my face. I'm just sitting there looking at how... I can't sit there and it will convert over into uh, everything from body pain, not that your body isn't in pain, to mental pain, not that your mind stream isn't suffering, difficult. This is why the Buddha pointed to it, his first teaching as far as we know, life is suffering because we want something else and that can come to an end. And the way to do that is to train your mind to see clearly Sheila Samadhi and Prajna or sitting meditation, having a teacher, having a teaching and having a community. Further question or even final question? Did he say how old he was? He did it. What? He did not. Hmm. Okay. Somebody? Harrison, go ahead. So building off Kelsey's question, um, well, you're not, if you see someone who's acting out of ego, and while our job is not to change that, what if we see that ego hurting the people around them? Like, what is our job then? Harrison? Well, again, uh, Harrison's very situational. Uh, there, there may be, I mean, if it's somebody, if it's like your brother or somebody you've been, grew up with, is it your brother? <laughs> I saw that big smile. <laughs> so if it's like, then, it, you know, it's going to have a different dynamic to it. You might even you know, bark at the person. What the hell are you doing, doing this or this or that? So you, you may you may need to, we're not trying to get away and be this kind of holy person who who never uh, has uh, has a uh, any negative feelings or is ever critical of anybody. It's, it's about awareness. I can't express that enough. It's awareness, awareness, awareness. And you or me, some person's dynamic may just be not to say too much. You know, some people, I'm looking at people here and people, and there are people here that are very unlikely to, I mean, they could be in extreme pain and they're unlikely to complain about anything. And there are other people uh, right here on the screen or in here, including this person that whine about everything. I'm always complaining about stuff. I don't like this. I don't like that. You all hear that. It's not about changing it. And it's not about changing any person. It's just about be with all things, and how that shows up for you is extremely individual. If you are doing this correctly, you will not know it. You will not get it's it's be it transcends. It goes beyond the relative proof of this is right, this is wrong, or success and failure. And we are we are completely confused by this because some things are so intensely what wrong 
that we we want to have that kind of security around everything we're doing. We know that murdering another human being is wrong. We know that saying something to someone that is not only untrue, but also might hurt somebody. We know that that's wrong. So we try to use that as this is what happens when there's a misunderstanding of the the precepts of morality and patience and energy, wisdom, generosity, uh, and so on. It's, it, it's, it's, it is about observing this, not about aligning yourself with something and making yourself function a certain way. That's the very nature of craziness is, and uh, confusion is to uh, insist on anything. What was the phrase that you used? Uh, everything's appropriate recently. Was that what was that it? Yeah. Everything is appropriate. And what Chazan is saying by that is that that anything that shows up is appropriate because it's dependently arisen. So it would have to be appropriate. This doesn't mean that we're justifying someone being really upset with someone else and, and doing some terrible, harmful thing to them. But it's appropriate and that it, it, it arose in independent origination, not validating it, not justifying it. But we need, if we're going to fundamentally address the suffering of the world, the suffering of others through understanding of the, the vow of the bodhisattvas to be with all things, save all beings, put others before yourself. You might have to look at a whole lot of things that are going in the opposite direction in your own mind stream. Where you really, something's done, someone's done something and you don't like it and you have a right to feel, you know, you're being wronged or you're not being treated right. Ego, 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 algorithms. There, I, I ended the talk on the talk title. Is that helpful? No, that's not helpful. <laughs> Are you expecting something? Okay. Hi, my name is Sokuren, and I'm one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks and never asks us for anything in return. If you value what he does and what he is and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokukoji.org. Thank you. <laughs>